This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash Lori. Start living a better life today. Thanks to Avast for supporting Earn Your Happy. Avast's new all-in-one solution, Avast One, helps you take control of your safety and privacy online through a range of features. Learn more about Avast One at avast.com. Live the life you want, but... But if you want to actually get to your goals, if you actually want to dream and you are so driven to get there, you have to embrace that you're not going to feel great all the time. But how do you do it? And that's where it comes to create a game plan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited for today's guest because this woman is somebody who I got the opportunity to spend some time with, not just having some really incredible dinners with other women, but also got to go on her incredible podcast, which I absolutely loved. Got to be on her husband's show, which is incredible. These two are just powerhouses. I can't even tell you the impact that they have on myself, on my husband, and out in the world. So today on the show, I had Lisa Bilyeu, who co-founded Quest Nutrition, which grew 57,000% in its first three years. I don't even know what it looks like to grow 57,000%. You guys, this is insane. She's also the co-founder and president of Impact Theory Studios, which is a revolutionary digital first studio that produces widely entertaining original content, focusing on themes of empowerment. I love all of the work that they put out in the world. In fact, you have probably watched it somewhere on YouTube, listened to the podcast over the course of her career. Lisa has created a slate of content that has been viewed more than half a billion, billion times. And she and her husband have built Impact Theory's global audience to more than 7.5 million. As host of the digital series, Women of Impact, Lisa conducts real uncensored conversations, which I got to be on, which was so much fun, with the most inspiring women. Her book, Radical Confidence, has hit shelves as of May 10th of this year. And she lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Tom, and their two fur babies. She freaking loves her life. I love her. I love her fur babies. I love all the things. You guys, this podcast is so good. Her book is absolutely incredible. If you are craving more confidence, if you just feel like you're not sure if you will ever be confident or if you need to be born a confident person, this podcast is for you because it is going to debunk all of those thoughts and show you that yes, you can. You are more than capable and it's more than possible for you. So let's get started. Lisa, I'm so excited to have you back on the show. It's been a while. We were just talking about, we're like, where does the time go? Gloria, I'm so excited. Seriously, it's been like four years. And it's so amazing to think because I was actually, before I came on, I was putting myself in the shoes of the Lisa that you, that first came on your podcast four years ago. And I'm like, go, I was petrified to come on your podcast. Oh my God. I was petrified. I was like, oh my God, Lori's interviewing me. Like, you know, when you're just like holding your breath mm. and because I came on with Cassie at the time, I was like, every time she asked me a question, my heart would go, Drrr. and it's such a beautiful example of like, even when you're scared, 
like still do it because over time that scared feeling really does lessen. And so mm. even me coming on today, I've been so excited. So I'm like, mm. I can't believe four years ago I was petrified. And then today I've got like a totally different emotion around doing the same thing. So I'm so excited mm. to be here to come full circle. Oh, I love that so much. And thank you for sharing that just right up front, because number one, I would have never known that. Number two, our heartbeats were probably synced up because I was freaking out as well that you were both there. Number three, how incredible to be in the position where you have learned how to channel that into excitement, because it's still kind of like the same, like you, you get like the rush, but you can now have a different perspective around it. And This is really awesome because your book that you're coming out with, Radical Confidence, is so much about this. I know that we're going to go into this. How do you get that? And I know that through the four years, you've probably done so many different things to stack all of these different experiences into the woman that we see online who is just so confident. We feel like you're all saying what you think and how you feel and owning it. And it seems like you're... Teflon, like nothing sticks to you. Like you can just literally let things roll, but we all know that's probably not fully the case, but I want to hear all about those things, Lisa. And I know we were just chatting about writing a book and it's just such an interesting, which probably also adds to the confidence factor, but it's such an interesting journey. So I kind of want to start there with how did you know that you were going to write a book? Why was this so important for you to talk about? So that's so fascinating that you said, I picked up on the word, I seem like I'm Teflon. I feel like I'm Velcro or even like sticky tape. Everything sticks to me. It's like the opposite because people see me taking Mm -hmm. action. People Mm -hmm. see me stepping in front of the camera. People see me doing a book. People see me speaking out and being vulnerable. But the truth is that inside, I'm still petrified. Inside, Mm -hmm. I'm still scared. I still have all my insecurities. The only difference is I don't let it stop me. Mm -hmm. And so that's really why I wrote this book because I lived eight years, as you know, I was a stay-at-home wife, which is nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't my dream. And that's the key. I lived eight years living someone else's vision of what my life should be like. And I call Mm. it purgatory, the mundane. My life was just mundane enough. I didn't hit rock bottom. So we know so many people make changes in their lives when they hit rock bottom. Right. But I didn't. So I lived like eight years in like this purgatory state. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to make a change when I have the confidence. When I have the confidence to tell my husband, I'm not happy. When I have the confidence to tell my family who expected me to be a mother and a stay-at-home wife, that isn't my dream. I was waiting and it kept me there for eight years. And Mm. when I think about the trajectory of my career, of my life, it wasn't that I got the confidence and then started. It was actually that I had radical confidence, which means I took all of my insecurities, all of my incapability and thinking I wasn't good enough. I took all of that with me and just did it anyway. Mm. And it was the fact of doing it anyway, that then started to build my skill sets. It was then the skill sets that got built that made me more competent at things. It was then the fact that I got competent at things that allowed me to embody confidence. Mm. And so I'm still learning. There's still things I don't know. So going back to what you said about writing the book, the very first words out of my mouth, girl, when, so Tom came to me and a literary agent actually said, hey, is Lisa interested in writing a book? He comes to me and he tells me, babe, literary agent just said, and I was like, oh, that's nice. And I go back to like (laughs) typing at my computer. He's like, did you just hear what I said? And I was like, yeah, I just said, that's nice. And he's like, you're not going to take this seriously. The very first words out of my mouth was, well, who would buy a book from me? 
This was a year and a half ago. So I'd already built Quest that went from zero to a billion dollars in five years. We'd mm-hmm. already built Impact Theory. We'd I'd already host of my show where we've got content that I've created that's been viewed over 500 million times. Mm-hmm. And yet there's still that part of me that is completely insecure, that absolutely feels incompetent because the truth is I didn't know how to write a book. And so what I did though, is where you are seeing the confidence, but I just went, Lisa, you don't know how to write a book, but do it anyway. And you'll learn along the way and giving mm-hmm. myself grace to learn along the way, falling on the floor and getting back up is exactly what then leads, like I said earlier, to confidence. So some people see the end result, but I desperately try to talk in real time about the messiness that is building confidence, that is building that strength inside of you to take the first step. But it, takes more than just willing it. It's crazy. I'm trying to think back to before I realized how to do it, what it took. Like, oh, I have anxiety. I'm scared. I'm doing all the things. I like feel like I have all of these blocks, but I'm supposed to just like do it with it. Like I actually thought there were two types of people, like those who were scared and had anxiety and didn't do anything. And those who were born confident or those mm-hmm. who were luckier than I was to be born into a family where that was like taught or learned at a young age. And I really remember thinking that. And I have to like, it's funny because I'm kind of speaking on this a lot right now. And I had this realization, Lisa, and I'd love to hear like your point. But even when I was like in that lowest place of believing my story of I have panic attacks, I got the short end of the stick with like how I was raised and their beliefs. There was like this little tiny part of me that was like, your story's bullshit. You're believing your lie, like, or you know that there's just something that you don't want to do that's going to make you so uncomfortable. So you're choosing the lie over and over again and to stick this story so you don't have to do the hard stuff. (laughs) I want to know, like, about your moment. Maybe it even was with this book where you're like, oh God, I'm choosing to like, stay in that story of, I don't know how to write the book or maybe a time where you were choosing to stay in the story because you didn't want to do the tough stuff. Yeah. It's interesting because for me, it wasn't like that story's a lie, but that Mm. it's the old belief that I'm carrying. And so when I said that out loud, literally as the words are coming out of my mouth to my husband, where I'm like, who would buy a book for me? I was like, Oh, the little <laughs> new old Lisa's still there. Like oh. I didn't go, I just didn't judge myself. And I think that that's where we get stuck is that yes. just, if we can remove the judgment of how we feel, it can be such an amazing tool to give us guides on what we're doing wrong, of what mm-hmm. we can do next, of the moves that we can make. But we try to shut it down because it becomes fearful. So even with me, when I said about the book, I was like, oh, she's still there. Okay, well, look, you know that belief doesn't serve you anymore, right? And I start coaching myself through mm-hmm. that belief system. I don't ever judge myself or put myself down for having it. So I just go, remember, you're not there, Lisa. Remind myself of all the things that I've done. and then just say, but it's okay that I feel like that. And I'm going to help that old Lisa show that I have changed. Mm. So that's actually a big key. And then the fear part of it is giving yourself grace to feel the fear. And when I say like, kind of do it anyway, it really is. But how do you do it? Right? Mm. Instead of getting in your own head about the story, because at actually, let's pinpoint that how many of us, every one of us, I think carries a story with us. Yeah. And so my question is, how do we not get held back by whatever that story is? Because Mm -hmm. the story I tell myself isn't the same as what story you tell yourself, isn't the same as other people, but it all leads to the same results. We don't move forward. 
So now I go to, how do we move forward? And that is what I focus on. What are the steps I have to take because I feel the fear? And I really hate the message where people are like, be scared, but do it in a way and just go for it without actually giving tactics of how to go for it. Mm. Because now you're just expecting people to, you're almost blaming them for having anxiety and say, get over it. Mm-hmm. Instead of acknowledging, oh, you've got anxiety, that's actually okay. So today, all you need to do is step one. So what I do is I go, what is my goal? And to your point, are you willing to do what it takes to get to that goal? And if the answer is no, then at least you have it and go, you know what? I decided with my eyes wide open that I told myself this story back to your point. I told myself this story. I looked at the story and said, does this align with my goals? I made a decision that actually I would rather be in comfort and stick to the story that doesn't serve my goals than actually be uncomfortable and go for my goals. That's so freeing. Don't judge yourself for that and just say, you know what? I don't want to be in a place of of being uncomfortable all the time, but do it with your eyes wide open so that in five years, when you look back and you say, why am I not at my goal? You can say, oh, it was because I told myself I'd rather be comfortable. Amazing. It's your life. Live Mm -hmm. the life you want. But, but if you want to actually get to your goals, if you actually want to dream and you are so driven to get there, you have to embrace that you're not going to feel great all the time. But how do you do it? And that's where it comes to create a game plan. So for me, my goal was impact. And I go, what does that look like? And actually be succinct in what that goal and mission is. So for me, it's to create content that empowers 14-year-olds to believe in themselves so they don't have to spend the next 20 years unwiring the negative mindset I've had. So make your goal super freaking succinct. Know the who and the what. So for me, it's creating content. That's the what, the who, 14-year-old girls, the why, so they don't have to unwire their mindset that I've had to do for 20 years. Okay. Now I've got my mission. That's my freaking North Star. Mm. So every time I make a decision where the fear comes in, the insecurity, the story, let's go back to the story we tell ourselves. Every time the story comes in, I go to myself, does this right now serve that mission that I've just stated to you yes or no so public speaking being in front of the camera used to petrify me Mm. and every time I would say does the fear serve the goal no it doesn't getting Mm. in front of the camera helps my message so I realize the fear I'm facing doesn't help my mission getting on stage to empower people to show who I am absolutely serves my goal because Mm. I'm too petrified to get on stage so now the question is how do I get on stage? Perspective is everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was a stepping stone. I put a guide together. It was step one. The next person that asks you to public speak, you say yes. You tell your team to say yes. So mm-hmm. now you can't back out. So that yeah. was my first strategy. Mm-hmm. And it so happened the first people that asked were TEDx. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> oh totally. my God. I really put myself in there. But, <sighs> I didn't, but I couldn't back out because I made myself a promise. So now I've said yes. How do I actually take the steps to go on stage? Because when you're anxious, no matter how much you want to, no matter how much you tell yourself you need to, what am I going to do to get my mind in the right state so I can Mm. actually get on stage? 
Yes. Like taking the steps is petrifying. Mm -hmm. So I just, again, no judgment to myself. I said, okay, what do you know? What are the tools you can do? You know, motivation, you might know mindset. So I have to stop believing that I can. So I started putting post-its on my mirror, gearing up to that event. I started to get together my superhero outfit, which I like to light. I called that on purpose. Yeah, totally. By accident, right? Make it lighthearted. So I'm not Mm -hmm. taking me being on stage lighthearted. So I said to myself, Lisa, what's your superhero outfit? So I actually got Supergirl underwear. (laughs) I love it. Totally. Because when you go to go on stage, I don't know about you, I have the nerves. You need to kind of pee like 30, 40 times. Always. Yes. So I was like, what are those little subliminal messages I'm going to keep giving myself as I gear up to get on stage? What Mm -hmm. outfit am I going to wear? I've got boots that are knee high. So those motivate me when I put them on, go and just zip them up. I feel powerful. What Mm -hmm. music am I going to listen to? So what I did is before I got on stage, I had 10 minutes. I put my headset on. I had my playlist ready and I acted like it was my hype song as if I was like a WrestleMania coming Mm -hmm. through that tunnel with everyone cheering. And I just, so I had a strategy. So I don't want people to stop at just do it anyway. The whole point is, you know, you're not going to let your face stop you. That's the decision you make. And then you come up with a freaking game plan. And the book, each chapter comes up with different types of game plans that you can put in to overcome the thing that is absolutely getting in your way of who you are today and who you want to be. Hey, I didn't really need to interrupt this podcast to let you know that life can be overwhelming, but (laughs) you're probably going down your to-do list right now and thinking that that's the only reason. And a lot of times we don't realize that we can be really burnt out from things that we don't even realize are going on in our lives or that are affecting us. So BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. So for me, my environment is such a huge contributor to my overall well-being and mental health that it's something that I really need to look at. And while Arizona has been so good to us, I was beginning to hit a wall with my motivation. So when we moved to California, it was really just in time to kind of deter myself from burning out. I can get into such a rut in such a grind. So being next to a massive body of water for me is literally something that really feeds my soul and my mind and that I need to make time for it feeds my spirit. I feel like an entirely new person who can give so much more to my business and personal life. And you'd be really surprised at some of the uncommon symptoms of burnout, like feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, maybe you're really fatigued. Um, You might also be surprised that there are therapists at BetterHelp who specialize in uncovering the source of what might actually be burning you out. Therapy can be intimidating, especially going into a physical office and sitting in a quiet waiting room. I know I'm not a super fan of making time for that, but I will make time when it's easy. BetterHelp makes access to therapy super simple by removing any intimidation you might feel. It's customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions, which is so helpful with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, but it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with the therapist in 48 hours or less. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Earn Your Happy listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Lori. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Lori. I can't tell you how much I love this. I was trying to figure out 
when you look back over what you you're doing, you're immersed in it right now. When you look back over your story, like I didn't consider myself someone who was like special or like had, and I know that you feel this way, like nothing extra special that makes you go for it or made you like say, I'm going to be successful. <laughs> like these are all really learned, disciplined, like things and beliefs that you've had to break through and like figure out and let go of and, and relearn. So for me, it's like everything that you're saying, it's exactly how I've been able to do anything and everything is I find the fear and figure out what it is. Sometimes I figure out the root cause and then I support myself around it. I'm like, what do you need? Mm -hmm. What would you need to do this? So I want to know about the game plans because I'm so interested in some of the strategies and game plans that you share within the book. So can you share some of those with us? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorites is what I call emotional sobriety that I actually Mm. stole from my husband. But when we've had too much alcohol, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I've definitely woken up the next day, regretted things that I've done, regretted things Mm -hmm. I've said, because I've just had one too many shots. And I was like, Mm -hmm. damn, I should have stopped. I should have stopped, but I kept going. And now I regret things. How many of us have had that with emotions? Mm. Well, we've said something in a moment where maybe we've stayed longer than we should. We've engaged in the heatedness of the, the situation. We get ourselves worked up, whether it's heated emotion or sadness or anger or frustration and we say things and we do things mm-hmm. and the next day when the emotion clears you start regretting it yeah and in your head you spin around and around I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have done that and now what we end up doing is beating ourselves up yeah. and so we always leave the situation where it's like we just feel bad about ourselves we feel bad about what we said what we did and then we're beating ourselves up over it. and then we beat ourselves up over beating ourselves up so it just becomes this like vicious cycle so I started to realize what would it take to go back in time and be able to start reassessing how I handle myself in those moments so that I don't have the after effects the regrets Mm-hmm. And so that's what we call emotional sobriety. So knowing yourself, just like with alcohol, I know how many drinks I can have before I start getting too tipsy. Right. And so knowing what is your threshold of a situation when it comes to emotions with no judgment. Like if you're the sort of person that gets very sensitive over certain things, what are the things you can put in place? And everything is rewind in my mind. So it's like, I almost can't do it in real time. I rewind a situation that I've mm. regretted and I write it like a screenplay. So what happened? Not how did you feel? Just actually, what are the words on the page? Because, you know, screenplays, it's all about dialogue. So I go back, I rewrite the screenplay as how it was. And then I start to go, where were the flags that now started to trigger emotions? Let's just say it's a relationship. It was when my husband said this, Okay, well, now that I am, sorry, emotionally sober, I can see the words for how they actually were. And now I can identify, oh, he pressed the button because I actually have an insecurity over this that I've carried on from childhood. So now you're identifying where the triggers are, why the triggers happen, and then coming up with a game plan of what you're going to do the next time that happens. Hmm. So the next time someone presses that trigger, what are you going to do or say to make sure you don't get emotionally drunk and then regret it the next day. Mm. So for me, it would be, all right, when my husband presses this button, I say, babe, I love you. I need time and space. I'm going to walk away now. Right? Like having actual words that allow you in those moments to stop the emotional turmoil that you're going through, to stop the emotional momentum. Because you know, sometimes it just escalates, right? It like keeps going. So 
I think emotional sobriety is imperative mm. when you're going after any dream goal because you will be challenged. You will face people that don't agree mm-hmm. with you. You will face people that think that you're stupid, that you're going after a dream that isn't possible. And yeah. in those moments where you find yourself flustered, when you find yourself defending yourself, when you find yourself getting angry, that won't serve your goal. So if in those moments, you know, you have tactics, you have a way to handle yourself, even if you're removing yourself from that situation, that will be mm. huge in being able to take that skill set in every area of your life. So when you're in a business meeting, and let's say you have a guy that has 20 more years experience mm-hmm. in business than you, and they look down on you and they're like, hey, little girl. I was in that business meeting recently. <laughs> and how did you handle yourself, Lori? Very well. I'm excited to hear what you have to say, but I was I had prepared a plan. There you go. For that situation. Can you so, share the plan? Do you mind sharing uh, I just, I knew that there was either two outcomes. There was either that one where it was going to be like, this is a really stupid idea, X, Y, and Z, or like, this is great. And I think with either one, I knew that it was just an opinion and a perspective from his current, like where he was standing. And I know that he can't see my vision and like how it's actually going to happen. He doesn't live in my world. He doesn't know anything about me or the drive or anything like that. So I think it was... He's going to have his opinion without all of these things that I know about myself, about the market, about the actual person it's it's going to be helping or going towards or, you know, product market fit. Like they're not, he's not going to have all of this experience that I have. He's going to be taking other experience, but he can still only see like 25% of what I can actually see. So it's going to be okay if he makes his decision based off that 25%, it could either be good or bad. And I'm okay with it either way. And you did all of that before you went into the all meeting. of that, all of that. And I did so much prep work around that, that yes, I was to what you're saying. If I did not do that, the little conversations like that, that are so small in the grand scheme of how many conversations you need to have would knock me down, Lisa, like the five years ago, me probably wouldn't have been able to do that. And that's so freaking strong because you planned and it's those that you, you even said it's, you know, the five years ago, you wouldn't have done that. Everything becomes stepping stones. Mm-hmm. So even the people that are listening right now is like, if they figure out, okay, I figured out my, you know, emotional trigger when someone says this, the chances are, even when you figure it out, you're going to slip up. And in those moments, mm-hmm. do you go, okay, cool. What can I learn from it? And how? How do I keep moving forward? Because the whole point is progression. The point isn't perfection. I wish, I wish, <laughs> like, but if I focused on perfection, I would always be myself up perfection. Mm -hmm. So I focus on progression. And so to your point where it's like, you're able now to go, you've progressed so much that Mm. you've gotten to the point where you can do the work beforehand. And now, you know, when you get into that meeting, you actually remove your emotions from it because what's happening is if he turns around and is like, that's terrible, what are you doing? You don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. You've already done the work. You've already gone, oh, okay, that isn't about me. That's about his perspective on the situation. And now you're not being emotionally triggered of any insecurity you may have had. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, he's saying I'm not good enough, right? That's where the trigger comes. That's where the emotion comes. That's where the anxiety comes from because now you're getting all flustered. Mm -hmm. But you didn't get flustered because you did the work prior. That prior work is able to be done once you've kind of learned the lessons. So Mm -hmm. going into these situations, writing the scripts, reassessing the script, and then redoing it time and time again, eventually one year, two years, three years, five years, ends up being 
you knew instinctually mm. you knew i have to do the work because this is a meeting that could trigger me I think we're in a time where I can say that pretty much everybody has experienced some sort of cyber hacking online, whether it's your credit cards or something on social media. It's definitely out there. And Avast is a global leader in cybersecurity that empowers you with digital safety and privacy, no matter where you might be logging in from. It allows you to be connected on your terms safely. Avast's new all-in-one solution, Avast One, is going to help you take control of your safety and privacy online through a range of different features. You can learn more about Avast One at avast.com. And we're traveling so much this summer that I'm logging in from so many different places. So it's super important that we keep our devices and internet connections protected from any viruses or malware. Avast antivirus feature simply keeps this from happening on any of your devices. P.S. This feature will also protect you if you accidentally click on a bad phishing link. So that feels so much safer to me. I don't have to freak out at every single thing that's sent to me. I also love Avast data breach monitoring because it keeps tabs on whether the millions of online accounts that I have been logged into are compromised or I need to change my password. I admit I don't choose the most difficult passwords to remember sometimes. So this feature is perfect for us bad password makers. Anyone out there, raise your hand. That is me. Avast offers both free and premium versions. Avast prevents over 1.5 billion attacks every month with Avast One. You can confidently take control of your online world without worrying about viruses, phishing attacks, ransomware, hacking attempts, and other cyber crimes. Learn more about Avast One at avast.com, A-V-A-S-T.com. So let's say kind of same scenario. And I know that this is one of the most challenging things. So I'm so curious, even when like you were getting your book or when there's something that has when let's, let's use a conversation, for example, you're going to talk to somebody who, if this conversation goes well, it's going to unlock everything that you wanted most likely, or it's a really, really desirable outcome for you. And as of right now, there's only one opportunity on the table and it is this person. How do we still do that work? But like detach, because I will tell you, like, I didn't have as much weight on that conversation where others that I have had, meaning I knew that I was still going to make this happen without this particular person. And maybe that's the answer, but it's kind of like, there are those moments that we're all going to get that everyone listening is going to get. If you truly are applying what Lisa is saying, you're going to get these moments where you're going to have these incredible opportunities and you can prepare all you want, but how do we not come from a place of need, like needing this conversation to work so that you do still feel the pressure. You do still, still feel the anxiety. How do we take off like that need or that lack or that, like, you know, the grasping this has to work? Yeah, I had to literally process this. So as I'm, it was like inception moment, as I'm writing the book, I had to process how I am not tied to the success or failure Mm. of my book. Like, so it's like this really weird thing. And so I really took that to heart. I knew that if I don't do the work, to your point of what you just did in that meeting, I knew if I didn't prepare myself, if the book tanked, I would be crestfallen and I would take it as a reflection of my worth. I know myself, so I don't judge myself for it. I just know myself. So mm-hmm. I said, great, the amazing thing that I know about myself is this is true. So now I can prepare so that I don't find myself there. So 
I repeat certain things. And I wrote this in the chapter is that no, is not a reflection of your worth. So if someone, or let's say your example of the phone call, if they say no, it doesn't mean that you're worthless, but actually assess what it does mean. Hmm. Because here's the truth. It just may mean you're not ready yet. And so if that means you're not ready yet, how can you learn from that no to then get better? So the thing that I love is they're like, be so good, they can't ignore you. It was mm-hmm. a C. Martin quote, the comedian of all people. And I love that quote because when someone says no to me now, I don't take it as a reflection of my worth, but I do take it as a reflection of where I am in my career. Mm. And I don't take that to heart. I take it as a learning experience. So for instance, if I'm reaching out to someone, perfect example, you know, Maria Menounos. Mm-hmm. I keep throwing her under the bus and telling this story, but she's a good <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> So, but she wasn't, a. I didn't know her. I desperately, 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 I grew up as I was the stay at home wife, I would look up to her of what mm. was possible that I, you know, oh my God, one day, maybe I don't have to basically put clothes out for my husband every day. And so I was really admired her. She was doing podcast interviews. So I was like, oh my God, you've got to get her a woman of impact. So we reached out and she said, no. Now in that moment, this person that I desire, that I admire, I'm dead. Like I want a yes. Now in those moments, I could have said, well, Lisa, you're terrible. Who do you think you are to go in and ask for that? You know, maybe I told myself a story that she was going to make or break my channel. So, you know, oh my God, it's really heartbroken. Mm-hmm. But I said, what's the lesson that I can learn in this? Because let me tell you, if I really believe no is not a reflection of my worth, then why didn't she say yes? The truth is, it's a reflection of where I am with my career because I don't want to blind myself to the truth. And the truth is, if Oprah had called her and said, Maria, come on my show, she would have said yes. So Mm -hmm. am I up to the state, the the equivalent of Oprah? No. So what do I have to do? I have to keep practicing. I have to focus. I have to keep getting better. I have to refine my skill. So that to the point where I am so good, Maria Menounos can no longer ignore me. And that's on me. That's not on her. That's not me looking at her saying, I can't believe she said no. That's me taking it upon myself to have the responsibility of why she said no. See if there's something I can change. Maybe it just wasn't right. So I'm not saying that there's always something you can do, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe I can keep practicing. One of my favorite 90s movies is Karate Kid. Wax mm-hmm. on, wax off. So I am there for the next year, metaphorically waxing on and off. And then eventually I start getting enough people that she knows that eventually she invited us on her show. Mm. So me and Tom get on her show. I blow her away. I make friends with her and I'm like, homie, come on my show. And she said, yes. And I told her the story and it turned out, girl, her mom had stage four brain cancer. Mm. And when we reached out, she also found a brain tumor in her brain. So now imagine she's going through her world. She tells her team to say no to everyone. So A, I could have taken the no to heart, meaning Lisa, she yeah. thought you were terrible. That wouldn't have been true. She was saying no to everyone, but I took it as empowerment. And because I took it as empowerment, I went away. That no made me better. That no got me so good that eventually it got me to my goal, which was having her on. And so I want everyone right now to listen to the no's they're getting or to reach out to that one thing and just say, if one no dictates whether you're succeeding or not, you don't have the right mindset yet. 
You're not thinking about how can you be so freaking good? They can't ignore you in the future. Mm -hmm. If you believe in what you do, you're going to get so many no's. And in fact, Jamie Kern Lima, Jamie freaking Kern Lima, who sold her company for $1.2 billion, got so many no's along the way. She got no's where people were saying to her, who would buy makeup from you? She got that year after year and she didn't listen and she kept going and Mm. she reached out to some of the, she thought, Going back to this very question, she wrote an email and tried to do a meeting and a pitch to sell her company. And she was like, this is the company that's going to buy me. Mm. She put all her freaking eggs in that basket and they said no, but she realized she believed in it. And that's all that mattered. And she kept going. And years later, L'Oreal bought her company for $1.2 billion, made her the only female CEO of L'Oreal's like 100 year history. There's so much there. I wrote so many things down. (laughs) And also I'm like, oh my God, no wonder we can talk forever. I feel, I just like feel so much of what you, I think exactly like you are thinking, which is so exciting. I was like, okay, so your thought process around how you're talking about just getting so good that they can't deny you. And I remember a time in my life where I was denied for three years around getting a fitness magazine cover. And what popped in my head in the middle of it was become undeniable. And it was in the beginning, I got really, really like, I took it as, you know, I wasn't good enough, all of these different things just in the beginning, like, because I hadn't processed everything like you're saying. So I love that you're sharing this with people because it's that acknowledgement of, oh, this thought process is not going to get me far. Like, it's not going to change anything. I can submit another ask. Nothing's going to change. What is the thought process that's going to get me to change. And you said, how can I, how can I take this and get better? And what ended up happening is it was in the middle of it, just it downloaded, like become undeniable. And I said, what would that even look like? And it was the thought of they're a business. What do they need? I was like, what do I need to become that is undeniable for them? And it was like, oh, I need to offer them something that will help them make money. So an audience, something of value that helps get their magazine out there, something that adds to the magazine. And that's when everything pivoted is that I was started focusing on how do I become so undeniable that I'm so valuable to them that they can't turn me away. And I think that that is the miss of where people, we just get like really upset instead of inspired. And you took all of that. And I see you do it like, what else can I do? How else can I get smarter? How else can I do something that adds more value? How can I build a platform for other women? How can I, you do so many incredible things like this. So for you right now, is there something that you are working on yourself to become even more, it can't be ignored. Are you doing anything in particular because of maybe a North star or the next level that we want to speak into existence on this podcast even more? What's something that you are desiring right now and how are you working on yourself to become the person who can fulfill it? Yeah, I think it comes back to the book and I actually didn't finish that thought, but this question, it really ties it up. It really is about how do I express myself in different ways and Mm -hmm. coming in to this writing process as the learner, as the newbie, not expecting to, like, I'm going to go all out. I'm putting as many hours as I can, my time and attention. 
And it's how, what am I doing each step of the way that I can be proud of myself mm. so that I can keep going? What are the things that I can really truly identify with my eyes wide open? Like even that negative voice that's saying you're not good enough. Mm. Like, okay, great. What am I actually not good enough in? So I can learn because the truth is you're not always going to be good enough yet. And so instead of taking that to heart as something that's going to keep you there, what, how can you take that to propel you forward? So with the book, it's like, no, I don't know how to write a book. I've never written a book before. Right. So for me to come into it, saying like I know everything that I'm doing and you know I it's actually dismissing the authors that have been around for 20 years and written multiple books right it's like I don't expect to come in and be better than other people but I want to come in and be the most authentic me and not judge myself of the result so that's Mm -hmm. kind of the, the coming back to I'm training myself in real time to not attach myself to numbers even though it's actually my North Star because I want to impact 14-year-old girls on a global scale. So when you talk about on a global scale, and some people say, as long as one person reads my book, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I actually, that's not my goal. I chose not to have children so that my, me and my husband can put every ounce of being into impacting a global scale. So there's that goal that is tied to a number, but man, that's dangerous. So how do I go strong for my goal and dream and yet at the end of the day, make sure that my self-esteem is kept intact no matter the goal? And that is a real-time, real effort on a daily basis. And it came from starting with making sure that I'm aware that this is a trap. I think being just being aware that a trap exists mm. is important. So I'm aware that the trap of wanting to get to a New York Times in order to create a global impact is definitely there, but it's a trap. And then knowing what are the things along the way that I can tell myself I'm proud of, even when you get other people saying, I hate your book, or you get people not buying the book, because all of mm. that is possible. Yeah. What are the tools I'm going to go to? And so in real time, it's almost a part of the journey that I love because it's kind of like, oh, you're not there yet. Just when you thought you could overcome that negative voice, no, you're not there. You know, mm-hmm. and so it becomes a evolution. And I pride myself on the evolution instead of the destination. And I'm doing it in real time right now as I'm kind of writing the book and promoting the book. And it's not confidence at all. And I think people think of it as confidence, but yeah. it's actually just acceptance of the journey with all the ups and downs that come with it. I love that you're sharing it in the moment that you're in it because people look at people who are releasing books. They're like, they did it. Especially your book is Radical Confidence. I talked about (laughs) going and doing it. Like, isn't it funny? We teach what we need the most. So they're like, you must be so confident. You're like, no, no, that's why I wrote about it. Like, this is what I do to like be perceived that way. So who is this if someone couldn't even read your book, but you wanted to leave them with a message, what would that be? So who is it for? And what is that like message that you want to get across to them? So it's really for people that are not living their lives how they want. And Mm -hmm. everything that I say, it's not about go and create global impact. No, it's not everyone wants to create global impact, right? What is that dream? What is that life you want? No one else. And are you living it? And if not, are you using the excuse that you don't have the confidence? Because what I would love to propose to your audience is to flip that perspective and say, what is that goal? And how do you get to the goal? 
the confidence isn't the end goal. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not the end goal. You want confidence to tell your boss you want the pay rise. You want confidence in my situation to talk to my husband and tell him I no longer want to put clothes out for him. I don't want four children. In fact, I want him to take care of himself and I want to go and try this entrepreneurial thing. Mm-hmm. That we all, I was waiting to find the confidence, but it's not the confidence. It's the end goal. So I would love for your audience to go, what does that end goal look like? And now stop waiting to feel good. Just identify what that end goal is and then start putting a game plan in place that allows you to take small incremental goals. Let's use gym. The gym's like the easy one, right? The fitness thing. It's mm-hmm. like some people, if you decide that you're, you're ready to get on your fitness journey, the very next day they're training, they've got a diet work, they've got a diet ready, they've got a trainer ready, they've got a whole schedule And some other people may not even be able to think that far. Mm -hmm. Some people may be, I've got so much anxiety that even though I want to get healthy, I can't even bring myself to think about going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Don't judge yourself. The first, you know your goal. You don't need the confidence to walk in the gym. The goal is to get healthy. So now maybe we have to re-pivot what healthy looks like to you. Maybe it's not the gym. Maybe it's, you know, you put on a funny cat video and you tell yourself you're going to do five jumping jacks. Maybe it's you just watch a funny cat video and you put your sneakers on. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's all you can do today. And that's a small, amazing win. But you have to have the game plan so that you can start taking those steps Mm -hmm. and stop focusing on confidence and start focusing on radical confidence, which means having the tools to get to the life you want. Oh my God. It's such a reframe, Lisa. Like this is, this book is going to impact so many people for that reason is because you just talked in such a fresh way about confidence. Like we know, you know, well, we don't know. I just want to say like, you know, we've had different people and we've really broken down confidence, but this is a very different way of rearranging it because it's like, you know, habit stacking, doing the things anyway. But what you're saying is literally to not even focus on the confidence. It's like, that's actually such a distraction to think like, it's like so many people I talk to are waiting. They're waiting to feel confident. And I'm like, I've been waiting my whole life, you guys. So I don't, if I waited, I would do nothing. And I love that you're bringing it to light. And I know that there is the line underneath radical confidence is 10 no BS lessons on becoming the hero of your own life. So I know you're going to go down and break down every single thing and a game plan for everything. If I know you, you've literally thought about everything. (laughs) So I'm so grateful for this. I cannot wait for people to read it. Where can we find it? Where can we get it? Lori, thank you, girl. This has been, I mean, and then going just to add, when I wrote this book, the thing I said is you got to have fun. Mm. Like no matter what I do, I mean, I've had so many health issues, you know, I've been Mm -hmm. struggling. And so the last few years, I've really been getting back on track. And it's like, what is the meaning of life? To enjoy it. And so as I started writing this book and starting to feel overwhelmed about the promotion, because Mm. everyone says there's only 10% is writing it and then 90% is promoting it. I said, okay, well, I just want to have fun. So what does fun look like? I'm going to hit up my friends. I'm going to hit up my friends that I actually want to sit and talk to about confidence and about life and the struggles. And so thank you so much, Aaron Mion. I hit you up and you didn't hesitate. Thank you. Thank you. Like 
going back to the radical confidence, this has been a beautiful full circle for me Mm. and thinking how scared I was to be in front of you all those years ago and now how much fun I've had. So I just want to say thank you. Mm. And if people want to know how to do things so that you go from being scared to step in front of the camera like now and just having so much fun, um, you can get the book at radicalconfidence.com. And or you can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any of those things. But if you go right now to radicalconfidence.com, I've got a nine part coaching series that I'm giving away for free if you pre-order the book. So that's nine part coaching series where I talk about relationships, being the hero of your own life and confidence. Amazing. Thank you so much. You guys go grab this book. I'm serious. Like it's going to, no matter what your goal is, no matter what you want to do, no matter whether you're even trying to take your relationships in life to the next level, it's going to require planning around your conversations, around how you feel and around the conversation you have after every experience that you have. That's literally covers everything in life. So go, go, go go to the show notes, go check it out. And if you get it, tag Lisa and I and let us know. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was. We want to re-shout you out. We want to re-share. We're so grateful for you. And you know that the biggest thing that you can do for our guests, so the biggest thing that you can do for Lisa is to tag her. Let her know what your biggest takeaway was and to support her. A book is such a serious thing. And there's so much wisdom in there. You You get to essentially collapse time because of Lisa's wisdom is all in one spot right now. And it's like the best way to learn. So we're so grateful for you. Grateful for you, Lisa. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone 
own number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J- 
abi.com. 